Hello, I'm Ambrish Jeffuria. And I am Andrew Papadopoulos. And I'm Alex Kay. Welcome to the NFL 20 podcast. One of the top four NFL podcasts in the greater Whetstone area. Oh, yes. That's right, we're back. Time for our, it's time for our annual podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, our very annual weekly podcast. I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking like, you know, I always said to you, well, I don't know if I said to Alex, but I definitely said to Ambrish, uh, the draft is the best part of the year. And look at us now. We only do a podcast when it's the draft. So boom, I was right. Very good. Yeah, I knew it. Certainly for Jets fans, it's the only time of year where we're actually enjoying ourselves. This is oh, the yeah. season of false hope. So many picks. True. Yeah, everyone's awesome. Jets have got loads of picks. They've got a guy who came out of not exactly nowhere, but like, you know, after they ruined the whole we're picking first thing, another guy stepped up to the plate, a hero emerged to be like, don't worry, guys, I got this. And his name is probably Zach Wilson. But anyway, yeah, we don't know. Uh, We'll get to him. We'll get to him. We'll get to him. Alex will get to him later. We will. So today what we're going to do is we're going to recall any called out of bets that we had last year. Oh, yes. Uh, Then then we're going to go through uh, some of our top picks that for the, this upcoming draft. Just some interesting things about these players. Uh, we're going to we're going to tell you the stuff that the other fantasy analysts are not telling you. And then we're going to go into some cryptic clues for some popular players. And finally, we're going to end with a music face-off of mystery. Sounds terrifying. Ooh. Sounds terrifying to be honest with you. But okay. So uh, I believe in our running order. The Alex and Andrew have insisted that we recap any previous call out of bets that were outstanding from last year. Uh, so I postulated, hypothesized, uh, speculated that uh, the New England Patriots will win their division and, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will not even qualify for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was that was that was after. I, I can't take too much credit for because I was on the box, but I was I've been on the box. So like after about seven years of being like, nah, this is the year. This is the year they're gonna make the playoffs. Tell you, but like, yeah, they finally got they finally got into the damn playoffs. But I think I think Alex deserves a bit more credit because uh, he he actually said not only would the Patriots not win the division, he said the Bills would win it, and they turn out to be awesome. Well done, Alex. Yeah, but to be fair, he knows he knows his jet sucks, so he already has that advantage. <laughs> Stop trying to take yeah. it. That was great. That was great. Cool. I don't know if you re-listened to that podcast, Alex, but you should. It'll make you feel pretty good about yourself. I think I did hear it once more last year, but uh, yeah, I'm taking a bow over here, and um, unfortunately, we didn't put any money on it. And uh, my my actual NFL bets last year were fairly rubbish. I don't think I think I had one week where I had an accumulator that worked out, and and 15 weeks where it didn't. So yeah, I, I didn't. I don't think I don't think I made a single NFL bet last year because uh, it, it would be terrible. I can't. I, apart from this one thing that I did with Ambrish, yeah, it would all just come out. Big L's holding loads oh, of. Oh, and in our prediction league, you used your dastardly tactic of just picking <laughs> against the Jets every week you could, and it I, worked out. Dude, I forgot about that. Oh my god, yeah. Oh yeah, and even when the Jets had a bye week, I I, I hopped. I think <laughs> tried. I hopped to Green Bay, and I was like, "Oh shit, what am I going to do now?" And I was like, "Yeah, the heat was on." But I think eventually, eventually, I ran out of. I think I either ran out of teams to pick. No, the the Jets won. That's what happened. 
That's oh, why you lost the, your streak. Did the Jets? Did the Jets win? Bloody oh. Jets won. We failed to tank yeah. for Trevor. Speaking of tanking for Trevor, uh, let's kick off our draft analysis or draft preview with Alex. Can you tell us a little bit about Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson? Yes. Well, here we go. Um, the number one pick has been determined to be by pretty much every expert, every every fan, every child, every mother across the world for about the last 10 years that in 2021, Trevor Lawrence would be the guy. Uh, he's a generational quarterback uh, with a bit of everything created in a lab by NFL talent scouts. Great since like the eighth grade, according to, to most people that have seen him grow up in uh, Georgia. And yeah, he's just like, uh, um, what's he like? He looks a bit like a cross between a thoroughbred racehorse. He's got a bit of a horsey face. And then Rachel Green, the character from Friends played by Jennifer Aniston, because he's oh, got great. like the, got the hair. hair. Oh, I thought you were going to yeah. say he looks like. I thought you were saying he looks like a thoroughbred racehorse combined with like a shaggy dog because of the hair. I don't speak like Rachel Green like that, but uh, anyway. <laughs> so he hasn't been described like that anywhere else, just on this podcast. But uh, you heard it here first. Yeah, exactly. Ex- exclusives. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's been pretty he's been pretty lights out for Clemson the last few years 2018 he was the first well the second ever true freshman quarterback to to win the national championship game he's he's been great throughout his uh his college, high school and college career no real weakness in his game he's uh he's powerful tall very accurate can run with it makes good decisions he's a good leader He's basically a full package, like best best guy since pretty much Andrew Luck, but he's probably a bit faster, more twitchy. Alex, are you, are you okay? Do you need a minute? <laughs> he'd, be, he'd look so good in green and white. <laughs> anyway, yeah. there we go. That's that's my profile. Is, Am, uh, Andrew, Andrew your, have you got any any extra stats? Maybe you got your forlorn your forlorn look at uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, he could he could drop to the Jets. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know what. It's <laughs> no, about. he can't. I don't know what. He it's literally will. It's like stone cold guarantee he is going to the London Jaguars. <laughs> it would be funny if he actually ended up playing here, wouldn't it? Our local QB. Yeah, anyway, but um, yeah, I mean, like uh, what Alex says is 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 mostly true. I mean, like it's 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 tough to find a real consensus on really really any quarterback and there are sort of micro disagreements that people have about Trevor Lawrence some sometimes you hear people sort of saying his accuracy could be a little bit better sometimes you hear people saying that it's his best trait um so there's that but I do have some interesting PFF stats in him um past year third most accurate QB per PFF on passes that were uh, 10 plus yards down the field and another thing that's interesting to note about him is that PFF obviously grades professional players and college players <clears throat> with their own grading system. And he's the only true freshman quarterback that PFF has ever graded over 90. If you don't know what that means, that is good. And his PFF grade has risen in each of his three years at Clemson, which is pretty impressive in the past year, considering that he had probably the least amount of 
NFL draftable talent around him, like in terms of the line, wide receivers, that sort of stuff. So he's improved every year and he's improved his accuracy as well every year, um, despite, you know, debatably not having uh, as good of a team around him this year. Oh, he also had uh, a bit of COVID this year as well. He missed a couple of games and I believe that's probably what prevented him from winning the Heisman Trophy. Um, but he was, of course, one of those guys who was saying that the players wanted to play, even uh, sort of like when they were kind of shutting it all down. So that's kind of seen as a big tick for his sort of like love of the game, uh, you know, kind of like intangible. Did you guys see uh, the kind of micro dissection of when he had an interview, I think, like last week with, or it was printed last week with like Sports Illustrated. And he said that um, sort of, he said something not bad at all, but like, it was a bit like, ooh, he said something like, uh, football's not like the whole only source of my uh, self-worth. And that's obviously good, but like, some people, some people were like, oh, he doesn't love the game. <laughs> they were like, they were looking at it like a weak point. But did you guys see any of that? Yeah. Because it was like, you can I tell it's, you can tell yeah, it's like, funny. you can tell it's like the end of, uh, end of draft season. Cause it's like definitely nitpicks. <laughs> it's definitely nitpick time yeah. uh, for Trevor Lawrence. So anyway, that was the, uh, that was the worst thing anyone could really say about him. Um, I mean, like, He's got there's 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 a ton of positive things to say about uh, about Trevor Lawrence. One one possible uh, knock I've seen on him, like at the moment, is that he's six foot six, but he weighed in at his pro day. I don't know if you guys saw any of it. He weighed in at his pro day at two hundred and thirteen pounds, which is a little on the slight side. For reference, uh, Lamar Jackson uh, is around two twelve, uh, but he's only six two, so he's like four inches shorter and about the same weight. But, For reference, I am like 190. <laughs> okay, well, that's you're a dense man. You're a dense man, but densely packed. But uh, he's, uh, you know, he he had he had like uh, kind of he he was going into off season shoulder surgery at that time, which he's now fine from. And uh, he's if you look at him, you can tell when he gets to the NFL, he's going to get like he can he can get a lot bigger. Like the frame is there. So yeah, tough to tough to really find a, a big knock on a big knock on Trevor. Uh, he's a he's a lovely man, and I've been borderline stalking him as well because I have traded Ambrish for the number one overall pick in our Superflex Dynasty League, our fantasy league. So I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. So I'm very interested in all things Trevor. So I might actually know all of Alex's truth and lies. Mm. <laughs> like oh, it's, it's not guaranteed but you never know i might it'd be cool if i did so maybe uh, yeah hit him if you want oh so speaking of which alex i believe you have two lies and a truth for us about trevor lawrence i do i do now during my in-depth research into this this young man mm. i i came across a fact that i was gonna do as the two lies and the truth but it, it actually let me led me down and even uh deeper burrow so the the fact that i found out initially was that his older brother chase is actually a renowned artist and sculptor now um in uh, one uh, article recently with uh, with with chase that uh, he recounted a story about how um he got Trevor to pose for him uh, at, at one point, and I want you guys to tell me what what uh, he posed as. Wow! Uh, two of these are not the truth, and one of them is. Did he oh, okay. pose? This as sounds awesome. A, 
as a monk with a skull? Or did he pose as a Roman senator with some grapes? Or did he pose as a cowboy with a bourbon bottle? All right, well, that is is something I I do not know, but I I, I was aware of the ginger artist, older brother. So (laughs) we had that. That would have been too easy, man. But you were I am going to rule out. I'm gonna I'm gonna use the wisdom of Alex, knowing Alex and the way he is. I'm gonna straight up rule out the cowboy with a whiskey bottle because that is way too on the nose for an American football player to be posing as, and it just wouldn't be interesting as a truth for him to choose. Which leaves us with a monk with a skull, or I forget the second one. What was the second one? Roman senator with some grapes. Senator with grapes. I could see him. Oh. When you say a skull, do you mean like 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 a kind of Hamlet thing, like holding a skull? Yes, a bit like that. Yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going monk with a skull. Okay, Andrew. I mean, like, I'm just gonna go. For, I'm just gonna go for the cowboy. Right. I'm gonna share the picture with you in our in our chat now. It was the monk. The monk. Yes, of course he is. Of course he is. That looks. That is like yeah. That is that is a pretty grim painting. That is like. It's also a very. It's a very provocative pose. I have to be honest. This is (laughs) Alex. Did you did you request this on purpose? Come on, dude. It's not that bad. Like he's just kneeling down. It's like it's not like he's. He looks like he's bending over. He's he's. Apparently, it was it was it was actually sold to a uh, a fan of a rival college team, a, a Georgia Bulldogs fan, a dark oh, style wow. religious theme painting. Wow, a self self loathing Georgia Bulldogs fan. Jesus. All right. Yeah. Wow, well, that, that, that was yeah, well, that's, that's one in yeah. Ambrose, you got that one. Well done, Ambrose. Oh, okay. Good job, dude. Good job. They definitely yeah. were checking out that painting though. The the dark baroque style painting of Trevor Lawrence by yeah. Chase Lawrence. So Andrew, now you're going to tell us a little bit about Penay Sewell from oh. Offensive Tackle from Oregon. The man known as Penny Sewell. <laughs> okay, well, Penay Sewell sat out this last year of college football because of everyone's favorite disease. But the last time he played in 2019 though, 95.8 PFF grade for the season. That is the highest ever yeah. PFF grade for an offensive tackle across the course of a season. Zero sacks okay. allowed on 924 snaps and only seven quarterback pressures protecting Justin Herbert's blindside at Oregon. Zero sacks and 924 snaps. That's pretty good. Um, that was in 2019 as well. So this is a year ago when he was... 19 years old, which is extremely young for a offensive tackle. Normally, age makes a pretty big difference along the O-line. You know, real top-tier O-line prospects like Joe Thomas and Quinton Nelson, that sort of thing, normally about 21, 22 when they get drafted. But Sewell is 20 right now. He won't be 21 until about, I think it's October. Uh, so he is a talented little man. Oh, well, not that little. He's six foot six and 325 pounds. <laughs> so last time we saw him, he, he had that incredibly impressive season. Uh, 2019 Outland Trophy winner for best offensive lineman in college football. Probably not a surprise. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah. 
yeah, he's got a he's got a lot of athleticism to him. He's able to sort of like keep up with even even sort of defensive backs coming in, sort of like mirror them and keep them out of the backfield. And obviously, of course, he's pretty good uh, in space. You probably well, you may have seen uh, any of the any, any number of the kind of like Pene Sewell highlight videos where he kind of like you know it's like a run play and he kind of like breaks into the open field and starts like blasting dudes over. Like it looks hella fun. Um, so yeah, I mean another interesting thing about Pene Sewell. This isn't a stat, but like. He's quite like, he's quite like rah-rah. Like a lot of the time when Oregon are doing like a huddle thing before a game, like it's him in the middle, like doing all the sort of screaming. Like normally it's the quarterback's job. But I guess Justin Herbert was a pretty quiet guy, wasn't he? So maybe he just kind of like did it instead of Justin. Remember last year we spoke about that? It was one of the, one of the, knocks, one of the knocks on Justin Herbert. Didn't fucking stop him being awesome, they did it. Yeah, but maybe he was the true leader of that team. Possibly more, possibly more. Um, well, I guess the Bengals will get to find out, hopefully, if they draft him. Um, so it's uh, it's looking pretty good for Sewell. He's definitely seen as being the best all-round offensive tackle in this class. Uh, the only competition really comes from um, Rashawn Slater, uh, Northwestern. But you, you could you could debate that right now that Slater might be a bit more of a polished and better left tackle, but he doesn't have the ceiling of a Panay Sewell. So that's the only real knock on him. Oh, that and the fact that uh, Oregon play in the Pac-12, which is not really known for its great pass rushes. Uh, yeah, but that, that's, really, that's really the only negatives you can sort of say uh, about Sewell. So he's looking like he's going to go, he's looking like he's going to go probably, definitely in the top 10, I would say. Uh, personally, I hope that he goes to the Bengals at number five, just because they've got to keep Joe alive. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, that's Panay Sewell, best offensive tackle in the draft. And uh, yeah, an actual exciting offensive tackle prospect. How about that? So, so I actually have him mocked, I actually have him mocked to uh, Dallas at number 10, which yeah. uh, might be, might be a bit too conservative there based on Andrew's analysis of his greatness. Too conservative. I mean, like, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable that he's still only, yeah, he's still only 20. Just saying, in Dallas, uh, our man Dak, he needs the protection now. Uh, his legs are shattered. Yeah, no kidding. I doubt, I doubt he'll go all the way. I doubt he'll fall all that, all that way, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's optimistic. But, okay, so, Andrew, two truths and a lie for us about Hene Sewell? Uh, yes, indeed. So here are the old, uh, here are the two truths and a lie. So here's the first factoid. He is related to former Ravens defensive tackle, Haloti Nata. That's the first factoid. Mm -hmm. The second factoid is he was the joint winner of the now highly famous Polynesian College Football Player of the Year Award in 2019. Ooh. That's the other factoid. We all love this okay. trophy. We all love this trophy now. We keep up with it every year. Yeah. The final factoid is that he weighed over 360 pounds at the start of his rookie year in college. So which of those is the most believable factoid? Related to Haloti Nata, joint winner of the Polynesian award, 160 plus kilo 18 year old. Which of those okay. do you pick as being the lie? Sorry, can you, can you repeat the Polynesian player fact, please? Joint winner of the now highly famous Polynesian College Football Player of the Year Award in 2019. So like not this year, but 
Bullshit. Not this year. Okay. I was hoping to catch you out on the wrong year. Thing. <laughs> oh, your almanac like knowledge of the Polynesian College Football Player of the Year Award. Well, I, I do know I do know one other winner. More on that story later. Uh, I think yes. I think related to Haloti Nata. Now you see, all humans are related. Is that um, your pick? And I feel like and Andrew knows that I might say that, so he would genuinely be related. Otherwise, Andrew wouldn't use that as a fact. So you're saying more, that, that more my thinking. Are you saying that that is a lie? I'm saying that's definitely true. I'm saying he's definitely related to Haloti Nata. I agree. I agree. I think. Uh, what was the what was the three hundred pound thing again? Sorry? I think. I think. Yeah, three hundred sixty pounds in the in what did you say the the rookie year of college? That seems yeah. awfully heavy to for the first year, especially if he's a dancing bear type guy, because they can't be too big. Otherwise, they're just called like uh, run stuffers or whatever they called the guy the maulers. They call them maulers if they're really really big. Right. 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 Heavy like that. So I I think that's the lie. So Alex thinks heavy kid is the lie. What is Ambrish, what do you think is the lie? I think he is massive, or was massive, and okay. uh, he did not win the now famous Polynesian Player of the Year award because he is an offensive tackle, one of the positions that never win any interesting awards. Wow. So I'm going for Polynesian Player is a lie. Oh, man. You're both wrong. Unreal. <laughs> no! Unreal. <laughs> He what? was he was over 160 kilos at the start of his rookie year. Uh, he's trimmed down to a svelte, uh, well, I don't know, what's 325 pounds in kilos, like 130, 140. Um, yeah. And uh, he did jointly win. What is it with, by the way, what is it with this Polynesian College Football Player of the Year? Or it always give joint winners. Like, we had a joint winner this year, more on that later. Yeah. They jointly won it last year with Tua. They don't like uh, they don't like giving it. Just they, they don't want anyone to feel bad. Maybe so they're nice. You know they're sort of like sharing, kindly island. Just want to like yeah. keep all keep all the islands happy. Exactly, exactly. He is not related to Haloti Nata, but he has had two uncles play in the NFL. Um, one guy is a player from the eighties. He probably won't recognize his name. A guy named Richard Brown, incredibly generic name. But he was sort of a journeyman linebacker. You might have heard of his other uncle. Though. Do you guys remember a player called Isaac Sopoaga? Not very long ago. This is not very long ago. This is like literally in the last 10 years. You don't remember oh. Isaac Sopoaga? Doesn't ring a bell? Uh, no, no. All right, ring a bell <laughs> with me. Okay, all right. Well, anyway. Of course, of course. So he has had two uncles play in the NFL. And I believe his, I believe he's got at least one brother playing in college right now as well. So bloodlands, if you're into that sort of thing. So Alex, you're now going to take us away with uh, telling us about Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida the Gators, a.k.a. Tim Tebow's legendary team. Yes, Tim Tebow and uh, the erstwhile Brody Smith, now a disc golf, ah. well, disc golf top 25 kind of guy and well. former ultimate Frisbee player. Anyway, uh, Kyle Pitt, <laughs> yes. He, he uh, for the second time in this podcast, I'm going to describe as someone that was built in a lab for the game <laughs> of NFL. And this guy, he is a tight end, played at Florida, as we've said. And now, when we say he's like physically the perfect specimen for being a tight end, um, he's six foot six, which um, which is which is good, but it's only the 80th percentile for the height and height of a tight end since 1975. So six foot six, 80th percentile. Now, listen to all these other percentiles. 
He's in the 98th percentile for his wingspan, the 93rd percentile for his hand size, the 98th percentile for his 40-yard dash, the 95th percentile for his 20-yard split, and the 97th percentile for his broad jump. He's basically off the scale better than any other tight end physically that has come out since 1975, and that includes all the, the greats. Anyway, yeah, so... Um, in last year's uh, pand- pandemic-shortened season, uh, it was pretty goddamn dominant. Uh, 43 receptions, 770 yards, and 12 touchdowns in guess how many games? How many touchdowns? 12. Uh, so what, like 14 yeah. games maybe? No, but that's uh, not so fun. I, that's I like know, a full I know, season. I know Florida played with fewer games than that. Is it like 10? Exactly. Yeah, it's eight eight games. He's eight got twelve games. Eight games. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Fantasy. So yeah, he, okay. he's he's going to be he's going to be an absolute stud, and yeah. as such, he's prob well. We'll we'll discuss this now, but he's probably going to be the highest a tight end has ever been drafted. Now, the highest a tight end has ever been drafted is number six, but um, I'm I'd say that Atlanta. If they are happy with Matt Ryan, they could go for him or possibly Cincinnati at five. And I know Dallas at 10 would love him, but I'm not sure he'll get that far. What do, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I think he's definitely not lasting that long. Although I did see uh, today that Jerry Jones had a Zoom call with him. Wow. Mm, yeah, that was that was on the news. Oh uh, I don't know. I I've actually got him mocked all the way down to like, 12 13 but it's i mean he's a he i'm he's he's very talented he's very good i don't know how many teams need a pure receiving tight end though yeah like i kind of i kind of i mean yeah when you say need like almost nobody like nobody nobody really knows until they have a player like that i suppose but like yeah i just i just i don't know I just don't think even a guy like this, I don't think you can take him so high. I mean, like he's just a tight end. It's got to be a team with an amazing O line. That's the only way you can get a player like that to be really doing their full production. Yeah, I mean, I really, obviously, the top tight ends in the league. There's really only three. Uh, so Kelsey is in a great offense. Travis yeah. Kelsey. Uh, I reckon. Okay, they wouldn't be as good without him, but like I don't think he'd be anywhere near as good if he was playing for like the Colts. Um, <laughs> just as an example, no offense to the Colts. Um, Darren Waller is in a pretty blah offense, but he does do a lot of work for them, so he's important to them. And Kittle is awesome. Uh, I don't know, like I mean, yeah, I mean the 49ers offense is pretty good on its day, I suppose, but I just I just don't know if you. I don't know if you need, in terms of like, look, Pitts is great, but, or he looks pretty great anyway, but I just don't know if you take him super high when you could take like, like if you, well, say, say, uh, if you need help on the offensive line, like Cincinnati do, I just don't think you take a receiver like this guy instead. I mean, if you need a quarterback, obviously don't take a tight end, take a quarterback. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, his, his measurables are actually very similar. I looked up today. Uh, they're very comparable to Vernon Davis. In fact, actually, Vernon Davis had better measurables, like in pretty much every department, except for uh, he was a bit shorter and uh, had smaller hands. 
Um, but everything else, he was better. But like Vernon Davis, if you like big hands, you got to like hands. Yeah. Do you want Do you want Vernon Davis's career at number six? Not really. I mean, like you know, <laughs> obviously there's a lot that went into that. I'm not just you know saying uh, I'm, not, I'm not slating Vernon alone. I'm not slating his team, but I'm just saying like yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I, I think like he needs to be a bit. He needs to not drink the Kool Aid so hard, especially for a team like Dallas. I mean, like, for God's sake, they've got so many holes, like on the defense. They need to protect their QB who had a horrible injury last year. They don't need like another receiving weapon. Like they've already got like. So where where where's he going to fall to then? Are you predicting he's going to yeah. fall? I'm not predicting. Give us an he's answer. Gonna fall. I'm, I'm predicting. Give us an answer. I'm predicting he'll go like six or seven. But I just hope he doesn't go to the Bengals. <laughs> After all that, like they're not going to take him. He's not going to he's, take him. He's going to plummet to number six. Um, but yeah, like I, I just you guys going to Miami or Detroit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I know that Miami has Gaziki, but they spent quite a lot on their O line last year in, in early in the draft. Miami, so I don't know if they'll go that direction again. And I mean, Detroit is like well, Detroit is Detroit. Detroit don't give a shit right now. They got Derek, they got fucking golf. Yeah, they, they, got, they could do anything right now. They they got golf. Their team does not. Their team does not look good. So maybe like they'll, maybe they'll just just yolo it and take whoever's the best whoever's the best player that falls to them, uh, which will probably be one of the receiving weapons. Uh, yeah, I mean you know you can't say you can't say it's, it's it's a bad choice to take him exactly, but if you're especially if you're the Bengals, I think you know you know get that offensive line shored up. Don't just take Carl Pitts. I mean, come on, dude. You need pass protection to win in the NFL. But anyway, look, I think Carl Pitts is really good. I hope he's I hope he's a stud in the NFL because god damn it, like having tight ends in fantasy is just so boring. Like you need we need another one. We need another good one. Please. Uh right, Alex, you got uh two lies and a truth for us. I do. There's Carl not Pitts. there's not too many interesting things going on in Carl Pitt's life. He's very busy being a a stud tight end so uh I, I was on his instagram and i found that he has a little dog and you guys are gonna guess the name of the dog you know what like I'll, i think i think a gm will take that like boring guy with a dog yeah That's we don't we don't we don't want anyone who's getting arrested so yeah let's, okay let's... here we go is the dog called bentley or is the dog called gator or is the dog called Boggins? Oh, I wish one of the names had been Tim Tebow. <laughs> I thought you were going to go there. Uh, no, it's quite uh, close. Gator's obviously, uh, it's obviously been influenced by his... Uh, Gator, his Gator, if, if indeed, is, is that, if, if that is the name. What kind of dog uh, is it? It's a, it looks like a pit bull, like one of those, oh, yeah, pitties, I think they call them. He, okay. he, that, that dog definitely sounds like a Boggins. Yeah, dude, I was actually going to say Boggins too. Let's Boggins, go. I think, yeah, yeah. Push, pushing in the chips. You guys go both in Boggins. 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 No, guys, I'm sorry. Oh. That that's actually a reference to the Adam Buxton podcast. Who uh, <laughs> have a character oh. called? Boggins. I was trying to work out how on earth would you come. I was like, Boggins <laughs> is so implausible. You wouldn't make that up. The dog is actually called Bentley. Sorry, it was the most boring one out of the three. Um, Damn, you're right. Carpets is Carpets is boring. You're right. You're right. He's very good at catching balls. I, mean, so. I assumed he wasn't going to be called Gator. Not going to lie to you. That's kind of. A... He was actually a big Battlestar Galactica fan, and he was named after one of the officers. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was named after the car because he's. Oh, wow, that makes it even. Oh, good lord. He is. Is he the biggest man in the entire draft? <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
So, Andrew, we now move on to the first player that we're going to discuss, who is not six foot six. Uh, the <laughs> fake Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. That is the best intro he'll ever get. Oh, amazing. Yeah, he's not 6'6". Six, six. He is 6'4", though. Uh, 224 pounds. Big lad. Um, physically very impressive specimen. Uh, so he is the QB of North Dakota State University, which I don't know if you know is an FCS team. So it kind of plays like on a level lower than uh, most of these other guys we're talking about, like not on the level of like Clemson and Florida and all that, uh, which is kind of like the biggest knock on him. It's it's uh, Carson Wentz's alma mater. If there's any Carson Wentz fans out there, uh, presumably not getting drafted by the Eagles this year. But yeah. He's a he's a guy with a, with a lot of a lot of good traits and a lot of maybe unexpected traits as well. He's what you might expect from looking at him is that he's good in the run game. In 2019, which is again was his last full season because uh, I don't think he opted out, but I think North Dakota State cancelled the season after one game this year. Uh, so he had his only mm. his only full season of, of play is last year, 2019. Uh, 1150 rush yards. 18 rushing touchdowns in one year. It's pretty damn good. In 16 games, uh, averaging nine yards per carry uh, in, uh, in, that, in that one season. Uh, he's, uh, he's also got possibly the biggest arm in the draft. So best, best runner, biggest arm is a nice combination. Uh, although there's quite, a, there's, quite, there's quite a few big armed guys in this year's draft, like Lawrence has got a Got a pretty good uh, bazooka on him and Zach Wilson's arm is pretty live too. But um, considering the, uh, well, the level of competition maybe factors into it a little bit, but last year only one interception in his 16 games and only six turnover worthy plays as PFF would say, according to PFF in, in 2019. So not only one interception, but not a lot of plays where, where it should have been picked, say, and wasn't. You know what I mean? You know how you, those guys sometimes get lucky. So he takes care of the football. He's got some sort of like sure. game manager type tendencies to his game, despite being like this kind of physical beast. Yeah. Uh, I can so, see that stat kind of going, I can see that stat going two ways, where on the one hand, like it's really good that he's super safe. But is it one of those things where when he gets up to the NFL level, he's going to try to play just as safe? And you have to throw it in such smaller margins in the NFL because defenders are so much better that it might make it actually, is it going to make it harder for him rather than easier? I don't, it can go either way. I'm not really sure. Yeah, this is, uh, this is partly why he's seen as being a project. He, and he only, mm-hmm. he, he, he's, one of the things that sort of goes in his favor is the relative sort of pro style nature of the system they play at um, North Dakota State where he's given a lot of responsibility at the line of scrimmage to adjust the play or call a play depending on what he sees in the defense. So that's, that's one thing that goes in his favor. But on the other hand, I don't know if it was because they were, they were blowing guys out so hard or because they just have a run first offense, but only averaged 18 throws per game in 2019. So that's not actually a lot of throws per game. If you really think about it, it's like really, that's actually really low. And yeah, especially for college. And according to PFF, only 44% accuracy for his career on uh, throws beyond the line of scrimmage, which is pretty low. That's like Josh Allen territory for like inaccuracy 
down there in in your final well or final full season in college um so that's 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 the concerns with Trey mm. uh he does take he does take a lot of he does take quite a lot of deep shots too 11 and a half yard average depth of target on his career so that kind of balances out maybe the accuracy thing like he's taking deep shots and if he's not seeing something easily available he takes off with it uh so yeah, there's, 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 there's definitely sort of things to look at with Trey Lance and think, wow, this guy needs some development. But that's kind of a thing that's become a lot more popular in the last few years, uh, I think, in the NFL. With You see QBs like Josh Allen, uh, Lamar Jackson, Pam Holmes, seen as a project as well uh, when, he, when he came out. So like, I think teams are a lot more willing to kind of go all in and try and shape their offense around the things that are the things that a player can sort of do rather than sort of going, oh, he's not a typical, you know, pocket passer. Uh, we don't want him. Because as you can see, like, you know, when, when, when things go right, uh, you can really, really, really increase the fortunes of your team with a, with, with a QB like that. So, yeah, looking like someone's going to take a chance on him. Uh, definitely, I mean, probably within the top five, ten picks, I mean, I don't think he gets, he definitely doesn't get out of the first round or the top half of the first round even. Uh, I think he'll, I personally, the latest buzz, uh, I mean, for what it's worth, is that he'll end up going number three to the San Francisco 49ers who traded up, obviously. And everyone initially thought that it was nailed on they were going to take Matt Jones. And then sort of Justin Fields had a, had a sort of like a sort of time uh, as the favorite pick. And now lately with it being about one week left of the draft or less, uh, it's suddenly becoming Trey Lance is more popular. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's Trey. Yeah, I've got him mocked to, at number four with a team like Denver or someone else coming up to pick up a QB, uh, replacing an, uh, Atlanta there, uh, with fields going through, actually, for myself. But, uh, it, it, I can definitely see Trey Lance going at three. Yeah, I've got him, I've got him going to Denver as well, but I think he will probably drop to the number nine there. But, um, oh, okay. He's, uh, yeah, I think he's just a bit. He hasn't played at the top level in college, like you said, but he does look like he could be. There's a lot of potential. He's got a high ceiling, but uh, the floor is a bit lower, as they say. With a team like San Francisco, would be kind of cool because he could maybe sit for a year behind Jimmy G, who they swear they're going to keep. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how truthful that is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know. Give him, give some time to develop. You, you rarely get the uh, whole long development time now, do you? Like the Aaron Rodgers hold a clipboard for three years thing, do you? Okay, on to the uh, two truths and a lie moment. So one of these factoids is not true. Okay. Okay, here is the first factoid. His father, Trey Lance's father, played cornerback for the London Monarchs. The second factoid <laughs> is... His mother played point guard for the Minnesota Lynx of the WNBA. And the final factoid is that he never lost a game as the quarterback of North Dakota State. So which of those is not true? Mm. I, th I think, did you dad. say that he... He played for... He plays in like the lower division, which means they're not playing as tough as op opposition. So I'm going to say he's never lost a game. Yeah, I agree. Then, 
Because for his mum and his dad to both be professional athletes. But that I reckon that's quite common though. I think in the Is it? um hmm. uh, I say it's too good to be true to have a British connection. I'm going that's the lie. Yeah, I, I'm actually with Alex on that one. Oh, you're both wrong again. Oh. <laughs> his dad actually did play for the London Monarchs and he played in the CFL. Oh. Uh, yeah, his mom did not play for the Minnesota Lynx. She's oh, actually, I think oh. she's just, I think, well, I, I, I don't know what she does for a living, but she looks like a fairly normal, just mom. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, and, and he never lost a game for North Coast State. So that's yeah. 17 games. It's not, it's actually not a lot of games. Yeah. It's one full season plus another game this year um, before they cancel okay. the season. So, um, yeah, that's true. Okay, so then, Alex, can you take us on to... I'm just going to give this man a little introduction. This is uh, Zach Wilson, the Polynesian Player of the Year and, uh, and member of the, the quarterback of the Church of the Latter-day Saints-sponsored Brigham Young Uni. Uh, yeah, Zach Wilson, tell us about him. Yes, well, here we go. He is a six foot three quarterback. Uh, he he looks a bit like if um, if like a teenage Disney actor was cast to play the role of a college quarterback rather than an actual <laughs> real human being. I know exactly what you mean. He's almost too photogenic to be a, a proper sports person but, but, uh, but in go. like a cute disney babyish kind of way yeah almost manga style he looks a bit like a pokemon <laughs> trainer playing oh, it looks a bit like yeah naruto or something yeah but, but blonde yeah. Uh, which is why he's the polynesian player of the year Just <laughs> that, that is so great. weird yeah he's got hawaiian ancestry and his middle name is kapono yeah right righteous in hawaiian i'm really sorry i, I outed that uh, on the uh, on our what on our on WhatsApp on our Facebook chats? That yeah, would have been that would have been that would have been the best two truths and a lie because we would have definitely not guessed that. But he doesn't doesn't look white at all. It's like he's like a kid, white kid. And he wears these funny headbands with like little uh, with little sayings on them or little uh, <laughs> yeah. mantras. Yeah. So. So yeah. Really anyway, does, he, um... he sort of had a fairly meteoric rise this year from being. Uh, competing for his own job at uh, BYU to uh, to now being seen as pretty much the second quarterback that's going to come off the board to the to the mighty uh, New York Jets. Um, so yeah, this 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 year as a junior, he played 12 games, he threw 33 touchdowns and uh, only three interceptions for for BYU who uh, are the the team that have the the Yahoo star looking Y logo on their shirt. <laughs> Yeah, so BYU they, they they dominated most of their 2020 schedule, but like um, that's one of the knocks on Wilson. He's not really played any particularly big uh, colleges. Like the the major test this year was against Coastal Carolina, and he didn't actually play that well in that game. He only threw 240 yards and scored only one touchdown and one interception. So, um, but yeah, he's he's sort of been growing in uh, people's. Uh, estimations quite quickly over the last year he's one of these guys that have gone to like a quarterback guru in the off season and he was driving 650 miles every friday by himself down from utah to uh to la to train with uh, 
another former BYU uh, product, the uh, quarterback that got drafted by the Miami Dolphins a few years ago, John Beck. Oh, John Beck. Yeah, he is a QB guru now. I think he's also, hasn't he also been training with Trey Lance as well this offseason? Yes, I'm that, pretty, that, that, that's I'm pretty sure. I think Carl Shanahan actually was like requested for Trey Lance to do some QB training with John Beck. Do you remember John yes, Beck? And, and I remember. I like, do not actually. The only the only Brigham Young alum alum I can I'm aware of is uh, Steve Young. There you go. Okay, but, been producing a fair few quarterbacks then. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he was he was he was driving him, himself down, and uh, that's that's a feather in his cap, according to a lot of scouts. And then uh, even during that uh, the, during the pandemic, he's also been. Uh, uh, been earning money for himself by being like a, a cycle courier around uh, the locations in Utah and Los Angeles. So well, are, you, are you sure he isn't actually a Disney character? Like <laughs> everything you're saying is literally from every Disney movie ever. He worked for the company DoorDash and said he could make as much as $200 on a busy night. So oh. what's, what's he delivering? Well, whatever. I guess the local uh, takeaways were selling. Just throw, just, throw, just throwing them out of the van, just throwing them through the window. Yeah. Boom! Accuracy. There you go. Must Down be weird it. when, like, you had like a Utah, a Utah, or a BYU uh, fan, and then suddenly your starting quarterback comes to your door with a burger. <laughs> yeah. Pay those kids, guys. Pay those kids. Anyway. Well, but but that's the thing, isn't it? That with the you pay you pay the. Uh, what you call the face mark, the helmet tax, they call it. The reason why NFL players tend to spend more than basketball players on average is because of the so-called helmet tax where they need to impress other humans more because people don't get to see their face. So they need to show that they're actually someone by doing other stuff. And maybe the fact that he doesn't get to show his face as much means that people will be like, oh, hey, buddy, thanks. Uh, here's a tip. And he has such a pretty face. You don't know oh, who I am. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So yes, he's he's kind of seen as uh, one of these um, sort of modern modern quarterbacks that has like uh, the skill set to get out on the edge, and uh, and he seems like a really good fit for the Shanahan offense, which is what the Jets are going to be uh, switching to now. They've got um, Mike Shanahan as their new uh, offensive coordinator, the 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 brother of uh, Kyle, and uh, obviously it resets the salary. Uh, the salary cap for the the Jets, who would have had to pay Sam Darnold next year if they kept him, which was it was a shame Sam went. Uh, I think it'll be like yeah, the, the Drew Brees story, where Drew Brees left the Chargers and then shined. Ooh, to... become a Hall of Famer, Jesus! Yeah, I mean, like they look like got a pretty exciting offense in going in, in Carolina as well. So, like, hopefully he does some he does some bits down there. Yeah, so hopefully Zach will be good as well, though. But uh, yeah, that's Zach Wilson. The big thing, obviously, that, that, that Alex mentioned is uh, competition level, just like with Trey Lance. Um, and although they weren't, they're not an FCS team, uh, BYU, they do play a slightly weaker schedule. And one of the ways in which that kind of like shows itself is <clears throat> uh, amount of pressures that Zach Wilson had to endure, like you know, quarterback pressures. Um, he basically, to put it simply, was not pressured all that often. Uh, so some people think that, like, you know, you know, it makes a difference, doesn't it, for a quarterback, even if you don't take sack after sack after sack. Like if you're if you're if you have the feeling that you're, you know, in danger, then that can affect, you know, even NFL QBs, you know, like it sort of it throws off your accuracy. 
uh, throws off your timing, you know. But Zach Wilson didn't have to deal with a lot of that. Uh, they had a pretty good offensive line, BYU. So, but also on the flip side, he had the best passing grade from outside the pocket in uh, in the entire uh, well, the entire year of any quarterback. Eighty-six point four passing grade outside the pocket in twenty twenty, which is better than anyone. And he does make he does make it look easy, you know, kind of like throwing. Yeah, I heard about in his pro day, he did a no look. Uh, was it like a sixty yard or fifty yard pass? No yeah. look. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was funny because uh, someone found a video clip of Sam Donald throwing a touchdown in the, with the exact same throw, like basically the next day. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, then again, uh, I've also seen a video clip where someone goes, "Oh man, everyone's acting like Sam Donald hasn't been making these throws all year." And then there was one throw. You see one throw from the Coastal Carolina game, which I actually watched to see how bad it was, and it wasn't that bad at all. It was just like. Like stats weren't great, but he made some really good throws. And one of them is this really nice kind of rollout to the right. And he chucks a nice laser to this guy who's standing right on the sideline. And then the next clip is Sam Donald rolling out to the right and he throws this laser and it's intercepted. <laughs> oh, that's a good clip. Anyway, so um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he makes, uh, that's, 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 that's what people like about, about Zach Wilson. He makes, the, uh, he makes these difficult throws look easy. Um, and I think he genuinely like he he's like he is another one like like Lawrence, or maybe like any QB, but like, like Trevor Lawrence, who like his arm will only get you know better, like bigger as he bulks up a bit because he is a little he is a little bit on the small side right now. He's a little bit lean, and he's had some injury issues in the past. I think he had like shoulder surgery in high school or something, and uh, so he might not be one of those guys who you want like sort of crashing in between the tackles for like touchdowns, which he did a little bit of at BYU. You probably want to keep him as, as a bit more of a kind of, just protect him a little bit more. But we'll see. He looks like a very exciting prospect. The Jets might actually be exciting next year. Can you believe it? So before, before we get into the uh, truth and two lies, uh, I have a proposition for you, which is that a called out a bet, sir. On the fly. On the fly. Oh my God. I am I am postulating, theorizing, if you will. Zach Wilson will not be on the team that drafts him in four years' time. Rim call that a bet, sir. I thought you were gonna go back to like the well of like trying to get the Patriots to win the division again. (laughs) I I, that's gonna be when I do my stats. I haven't done that yet. Okay, fine. So you're saying you're saying, but well, by by all accounts, he's going to the Jets. So you're saying he's not going to be a Jet in four years' time, as in uh, in the off season after four years, i.e., after his rookie okay. contract, he will not. He will either not have his rookie contract renewed, or he'll get traded. You're basically uh, saying the Jets are going to fuck extension. up again. <laughs> <laughs> so they won't take his fifth year option. Yeah, yeah they the oh he'll be traded or something will happen, and he will not be there for the fifth year. Which wherever he goes, whichever Jets, uh, team, whichever team it may be. <laughs> hmm. Mm. Not sure what's making you say that, but I will take that bet. He'll stay. I've heard well, there are. I have some doubts about him, and I'd have preferred Sam Darnold stayed for some reason. But like he oh, really? was never made a captain at BYU, which for a quarterback not to be a team captain is kind of strange. Ooh. And he is quite skinny. 
but um, is getting shaky. Yeah, I'm not sure. No, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm not taking that bet. I'm. I'm. I'm oh, ooh. nice. Oh, nice. Spicy. The Jet fan didn't take. Then again, someone, I don't someone really... does not have faith in his own future quarterback. Oh, he's learned. <laughs> he's he's learned. He's learned. He's learned from years of conditioning. I'm jaded. I'm jaded. Yeah. He lives years of uh, Pavlovian conditioning. Should have uh, kept, kept Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick was probably only about thirty when he was at the Jets. Who who was the guy who had his jaw broken? Um, yeah, Geno Smith. Oh, Geno Smith. Geno Smith. Ek Mimpali. No, it was Ik Mimpali. Yes, yes. Yeah. What a, what a great name. Ik. I wonder where he is. Bet. I wonder where he is now. I wonder what the bet was. Call that a bet. <laughs> call that. That's how we should pay up our call that a bet. So we just punch each other in the jaw. Uh, I'm angry about Geno Smith not attending a charity event that he he wanted him to come to. All right. Oh. Yes. So punching yeah. for charity. Punching for someone for charity is okay then. Yeah, charity. <laughs> charity <then>. um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Alex, do you have uh, do you have your yes uh, two facts? Two lies, two lies and a truth. Which two is lies the, and a truth. Okay. three is the truth. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Zach Wilson's uncle is a fairly successful businessman, but does he own four Ford dealerships? including the biggest in Utah. Does he own four musical instrument stores, including the second biggest banjo seller in the whole of the US? Or does he own four airlines, including JetBlue, the seventh biggest in the US? JetBlue, that's like a, I've heard of JetBlue. That's like a proper airline and everything. Um, Arguably, more people have heard of banjos than have heard of JetBlue. But still... I actually have heard of JetBlue too, but only because that is that is a factoid that I have heard about Zach Wilson. Oh, oh that one is true. That one is true. That one is true. Yeah, that's why I was super surprised. I was why I was super surprised when you said a paper round. Basically, I was like, "Well, his uncle's a freaking millionaire. Like, why has he got paper round? Like, just say, hey, uncle, can you blaze me a thousand dollars, please? Like, fucking hell. Anyway, good lad. Uh, so I don't. It's not that one. So it's it's between. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, it is that. No, you mean it is that one. Mine are the other way round. Yeah. You've got it. It's that's yeah. the truth. Oh, oh, right. Oh, damn it! So I rumbled yeah. you. Boom! There you go. My stalking worked. Go. My yeah. stalking worked. Sorry. What was Ambrose going to say? Were you going to say? What were you going to say? The banjo seller. I was dead. Oh, yeah, I love the banjo man. Oh god. Cut it in. Uh, sorry, sorry, dude. I, 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 it's well, right. I, guess, I guess the question remains: If he goes to the Jets now, will his uncle rename his company Jet Green? He's got to rename it Jet Green, doesn't he? Wow. Got to change it all. Jet Blue, Jet, jetting off into that big green sky. I, mean, <laughs> I don't think he'll change the name, but he will. He could paint some of the planes into a Jets, or at least one of the planes into a Jets theme. Uh, right. Let's uh, move on to Andrew. Is going to tell us about Justin Fields, quarterback from the Ohio State. You should have said the and then said his high school. <laughs> uh, okay. Missed opportunity. I don't know his high school. Is it, oh, I mean, it's probably, American football. Oh, I can tell you Trevor Lawrence's high school, but not... not um, well, actually, on a related note, uh, Justin Fields, former five-star recruit coming out of uh, high school, uh, and obviously from Georgia, so uh, rated ahead of Trevor Lawrence as a prospect by ESPN. Oh, so there you go. Boom. Transferred around a little bit, but ends up at Ohio State, where he had a pretty good year in 2020. 93 and a half overall grade in 2020. That is 
technically better than Trevor Lawrence. Uh, biggest biggest pros with this guy, accuracy, very accurate QB. On throws 10 plus yards down the field this season, 65% accuracy according to PFF. That is the best in the country by mm. like a significant margin. Um, for comparison, uh, Dwayne Haskins in his final year at uh, Ohio State was only at 45% for the same stats. So this guy is pretty different to Dwayne Haskins, which I think it's a bit like, it's a bit like played out now the whole like, he's not Dwayne Haskins thing because they both went to the same college and Dwayne Haskins sucks. But like, yeah, he's a different player than Dwayne Haskins. And 78.5% accuracy within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. That was second only behind uh, accuracy machine, Mac Jones. So this is a very accurate QB that we're looking at here. Um, he's uh, also got some significant talent with the ball in his hands as a runner. Um, he's 6'3", 227 pounds. So very comparable to Trey Lance's build. Uh, and sort of like he's seen as sort of like being a, a Cam Newton style runner. He's not like a Lamar Jackson style runner or like Kyler Murray, where you're kind of going to try and scheme him in like into the open field. But he did run a 4.44 40, which is really fast. I mean, that's like 99th percentile for a QB. That is extremely fast. So once he gets going, you know, kid can fly. I mean, not literally, yeah. but he figuratively can fly. I mean, he's the kind of QB who you'd run between the tackles on like maybe like a, like a goal to go for a touchdown or something like that. And he can definitely obviously pick up some good yardage with his legs. Um, but uh, so people see that because people see that and think maybe he's not accurate maybe because some QBs who run aren't accurate, but he is actually really, really accurate. So uh, yeah, he's had a, he had a, he had a pretty, pretty solid career uh, ending up at Ohio State. Uh, obviously had probably his most well-known performance in the uh, playoff bowl game this year against Clemson, where I think he threw like six touchdowns and uh, well, quote unquote, outplayed Trevor Lawrence. But I mean, obviously QBs don't play each other when they're playing, do they? they you know, but you know, if you want to, if you want to think of it like that, yeah, he, he had a better ma- he had a better game than Trevor Lawrence that day, and then they uh, got toasted by uh, Alabama, I think, in the final. But oh well, what can you say? He's he's likely to end up as one of those top three or four QBs taken. Uh, there's been some sort of knocks on him. I think the, the biggest one is uh, throwing under pressure. Under pressure he actually holds onto the ball too long. So yeah, takes too many sacks. Uh, so yeah, people say maybe he can't, maybe he can't read defense as well as he should be able to, but he is known as a very intelligent kid. So if he can get some good training in the NFL, could be a very dangerous lad to own, especially in fantasy, which is all I care about. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, that's big Justin. They're not going to take him, but if the Jets did take them at him at two, I'd be happy. He's, he seems like a really good prospect, especially with the way I mean, the game's played now. He, he sounds like my pretty much ideal quarterback, uh, someone who you can run around and just doesn't turn the ball, like who, who throws super accurate all the time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that sounds great. Sounds like such a good player. Only 18, only 18 turnover-worthy players in his college career per PFF. Wow. Great. 
Do you have two truths and a lie for us? I do. I do have two truths and a lie. So here come the three little factoids. You have to decide which one is not true. Okay, first factoid. He holds the single season touchdowns record for Ohio State. That's factoid number one. Factoid number two. He has the best touchdown to interception ratio in NCAA history. And the final factoid is his middle name is Skylar. <laughs> I, I know someone called Skylar from New York. Uh, it's not very Georgia, though, but like that is a name that humans have in America. Uh, and it was the most touchdowns by anyone at Ohio State. It's like the Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go Ohio State's where uh, Burrow, Joe Burrow, was playing, wasn't it? Uh, well, he had his, he had his, he had his big year at LSU. He didn't. Oh, that's he didn't, true. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he transferred. Everyone's he transferring. transferring. Yeah. Was just mm. transferring. So I reckon, I reckon the thing that's not true is uh, the touchdown to uh, interception ratio being the highest in the NCAA history. Okay. I'll go. He's not the top Ohio State. Touchdown scorer. Oh, Alex K is right. It is true. Oh no! His mid, which means his middle name is Skylar. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Wrong. Wrong. Uh, I thought only girls were called Skylar, but all right, cool. I mean, my only my only reference for it is Breaking Bad. So, all right, whatever. But oh, yeah, that's where I heard that name. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. Walter White's wife. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the uh, single season touchdown record at Ohio State is actually held by the legendary Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> um, so yeah college records for the win um, but he does have the best touchdown to interception ratio in NCAA history he threw 41 touchdowns to 3 interceptions across his career which is 13.6 I'm sure Ambridge worked out in his head but that is uh, you know, beasted the old record of 9.6 which was held by former Ambridge boyfriend Case Keenum Sam Bradford. Oh, Casey Keenum. Casey oh, Keenum. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, you know, Casey Keenum was obviously, yeah, because he, he set those, he had those huge numbers at uh, Houston Cougars, uh, like regularly throwing 50 touchdowns a year. So, uh, yeah, you, you guys obviously didn't play college fantasy football when uh, Case Keenum <laughs> was, was in college, like I did one year when, uh, apparently, apparently. when I, 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 yeah, I got auto drafted Colin Kaepernick, which was great because oh. he had insane rushing numbers. Uh, yeah, but, Kay, cool. but Case Keenum, Consensus number one overall player in uh, in did, college. Did Colin Kaepernick rush to the end zone, and he'd like reach the end zone and take me just before he reached the line? Oh. Woke fantasy game gives you thirty points for kneeling. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm just kidding, but uh, no, yeah, that's uh, yeah. So uh, what can you say? Justin Fields, he's accurate, and he can run. I have to be honest, you guys have totally sold me on him. I'm like, okay, Trevor Lawrence clearly like Trevor Lawrence, but Justin Fields. For me, stands out as the second best prospect in this uh, in this college uh, class. Yeah, yeah, he's probably not even going to go. It's probably going to be Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and then Mac Jones to San Francisco, by all accounts. So where's he going to go? I don't know how he's probably going to. Yeah, I think uh, uh, I Andrew think. had him. Uh, Andrew had Trey Lance third, I think. I had Justin Fields to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's going to be really interesting. There, are, there are four to four or five really high quarterback prospects which usually means one or two of them are going to be decent and it sounds like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are the two to back 
which means it's probably not going to be easy with them in reality. It probably means New, New England are going to come up to five or something and trade with Cincinnati, and then we're going to bloody have to play him. <laughs> it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty good quarterback class though. Like I mean, people it is, it is. okay, they kind of say that every year. Yeah. But this is actually seen as a pretty good quarterback class. Did you guys see like any of you know uh, the analyst Chris Sims? He has his own sure. he has he has his own sort of podcast show. Um, Pro football talk. Yeah, and he has he he had a, he caused a little bit of a stir when he released his personal QB rankings in like early March maybe, and he had Zach Wilson number one overall, like above Trevor Lawrence, and everyone was like, "What?" Um, yeah, he was actually. I think his rankings were a little yeah. well, they weren't weird because who knows, but they were a little bit different to he, the consensus. He definitely wasn't just looking for a pub. It wasn't a publicity stunt at all to put Zach Wilson <laughs> Man, like, first. Yeah, he he was he sort of. He sort of like, you know, kind of preemptively responded to that, like basically before he even started talking about the players, because saying like, you know, saying he, you know, he takes it seriously and he wants to be a GM someday. So he's not just doing it. For I the think clicks. he was the guy that said um, Josh Allen was the best. In, yeah. Uh, yeah. In he's got, he's got like a semi-decent record in recent years yeah. of saying like, you know, I don't think he had any rankings in 2017, but he was like, watch out for this Mahomes guy. And then in 2018, he was like, forget about Josh Rosen. You guys should draft Josh Allen. Uh, yeah. So that kind of worked out. And he also yeah. liked, he also liked, I think he had Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen one and two. So I don't know if he just loves betting on toolsy guys, but also last year he, uh, he had, uh, I think he had, uh, I think he had Justin. Yeah, I think I remember that. I think, I think he had I Justin Herbert, number, number two last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, Justin Herbert, yeah. number two last year, when actually everyone thought that Tua was was the dude. And well, we did it in our podcast, didn't we? We were sort of like, you know, and people didn't mm-hmm. think Herbert sucked or anything, but you know, they were like, they yeah. thought he was the third best QB. Um, so his record is, uh, yeah, it's sounds pretty, it's pretty sounds good. pretty solid. Yeah. Okay, should we move on? So this is this is what you've all been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the cryptic clues. Not gonna lie to you, I am extremely proud of these. Uh, we're gonna start off with something non-terrible, and we're gonna get progressively worse. Okay, uh, that's, that's the best way. This year. Yeah, we'll we'll be the judge of that, Ambrush. We'll be the judge. Of that. <laughs> Dude, I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna get any of these. Dude. I never get any. Alex always toasts okay. me. Toasts me on this nine route. Boom, gone. See you later. <laughs> Uh, clue number one: Where should you drive a tractor? Where should you drive right. a tractor? Where should you drive it's, a it's tractor? Not, it's not Justin Fields, is it? Uh, it's yeah. just in Fields. Where else would you drive? Oh, to be oh, to be fair, yeah, the just in thing, yeah, that makes yeah. that makes sense, man. That makes yeah. that's that's good. Drive it that was pretty good. That was pretty good. It was a bit that's easy. Good. That made that made an alarming amount of sense. That was like, yeah, that was like that was literally just like words, yeah. That was yeah. Are you that, ready? Was, that was even a sentence. That was that was light years ahead of uh, you know the opposite of die hard, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in terms of uh, sentence formation, thou shalt not question the terrible cryptic clues. So Andrew's already got one. Boom. Yeah, Maybe this is okay. Let's see how he does with the second one. Is Andrew going to like Lit. double it? Double it. Okay. So a song about the way you walk in prison. <laughs> <laughs> okay oh. who are the draft prospects ballad no song well okay the song part is maybe you know I would his name sounds like a song about the way you walk in prison 
Mm. Where you walk in prison, mm-hmm. manacled. Uh, what the hell? How do you walk? Looks like a looks like normal service has been resumed. As I'm totally curious. <laughs> yeah, this is a tough one. He's Not a he's justice. a wide receiver. If that helps. Oh, is it, okay. Is it Josh Imatol Baby? <laughs> no. A song about the way you walk in prison. Ignore the song part. The way you walk in oh, prison. Chase is probably the top wide receiver. I can't see how that works. He's a wide receiver from Alabama. Oh, Jalen Waddle. Oh, yes. Jalen Waddle. Damn it. I was thinking of about him. I was like, Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. I was literally trying to think, how do you walk when you're in prison? Like, yeah. Why like, do you like, waddle when you're in prison? <laughs> You're, think, you're manacled up. You literally said the manacles. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, that was, and I guess his first name sounds like Jail. Okay, that was that made exactly. a bit. That made a bit of sense. Okay. Are you ready for it to get a lot worse? Oh yes. Yes. Okay. Need someone to repair your lock. <laughs> Possibly with Eastern European accent. <laughs> is that part of the clue like in yeah. like in brackets possibly with Eastern European accent it absolutely is part of the clue oh god Are you, so is this like someone who Denver could draft like a Drew Locke Ooh. thing oh that's good but no, no locksmith mm-hmm. players a lock a locksmith why does yeah. you, you were close there Alex I'm still lost, so great. Okay, somebody Smith. What Smiths are there? Um, you know, like, do you need? Or... Oh, is it Devonta Smith? Devonta Smith? <laughs> oh, Devonta. <laughs> Devonta Smith. Oh, now we're into the old uh, easy there kill. There we go. Now, now, we're, we're, in now we're in the easy kill Elliot territory. Very good. Oh, <laughs> How many, is that the last one? Have I missed my chance There's to come? One more. Oh, oh exciting! So we can tie it up. This is this is like yeah, this is Devonta Smith level of terrible. Oh, brilliant! What would happen to you if you break a vase and run away? Oh, break at home. You break a vase at home and run away. You run upstairs. <laughs> and then your parents find you anyway. <laughs> Rations later. <laughs> go go with the parents thing. You just that, that's like, good. Parents is good, is it? Parents, parents in the right direction. <laughs> why why can I only think of quitty pay? Why didn't you do, <laughs> why, why didn't you do one of these with, with the guy who has the weirdest name in the first yeah, round? The best name, yeah. Should have had a come on, that would have been so easy, dude. God damn, quitty pay, missed opportunity, Clearly. missed opportunity. Well, give, give us a clue one more time. It's a it's a wide receiver. The clue again is what would happen to you if you break a vase and run away, possibly involving a parent. Oh God, I know what it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Did Jamal chase you? <laughs> Jamar Chase, you. Oh, dude, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's like <laughs> some some old Jamaican lady, Jamar Chase, you. Yeah. Oh, very good, Irish. Very good. Very yeah, good, very good. I you recovered. Should... I was a bit worried when I was two 0 down there. Oh, man, oh, yeah. we're back. We're back. We're back. Ferocious, uh, first comeback. Well done. Well done. 
Dessert. Dessert. <laughs> I think I, uh, I ate too many half-time oranges. So we, we have a special segment now. Uh, well, it's building up to a special segment. Uh, we So this is a weird thing that's happened where Andrew and myself uh, debate about what our intro music sounds like. It's yeah. quite a bizarre thing. Yeah, that sounds uh, really stupid. But like one time we were sitting there on Ambrose's sofa about to record a podcast and Ambrose sang the intro music. And I was like, that's not anything like the intro music. <laughs> it's like, Andrew it's really funny. Like it literally sounds like a different rhythm. Like we have two interpretations of the same song that sound like literally, they don't sound the same beat. So I don't know what's wrong with one or both of our ears, but we're trying to figure it out. Yeah. So we've got Alex here, who's going to temporarily be our impartial observer. And uh, we're just going to play it before both of us do our version of the intro. And you listeners at home can decide. Our many Jakes who listen can decide. Shout out uh, to the Jakes. The we've both got a buddy called Jake. And we don't have that many podcast listeners. So Jake probably, Jake's probably, a, no, probably account for about a good 20, 30% of our listenership. Just these two Jakes. <laughs> well, it's not the two of them. There are probably millions of Jakes who listen. Who listen to us? Uh, all right. Well, yeah, shout, out, shout, shout oh. out to all those Jakes too, then. Thanks for listening. Yeah, in future years, listening back. Jacob. Okay. So, Alex, you're just going to listen to it again and so are both of us to remember how it sounds or how we think it sounds. You want me to start us off? Uh, no, I'll, I'll go first. Ah, controversial. Yeah. So, so this is my interpretation of, of generally how the podcast intro music sounds. So I apologize for the uh, shitty singing voice, but in general, I think this is probably how it sounds. So it goes. And it kind of loops like that. That's what it sounds like to me. Okay. That, okay. Was, pretty, that was pretty close. Yeah. I think there was one note that was wrong. But, but, oh, oh, thank uh, you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll hear what? Ambrose. That's like I, nothing like he's clearly singing a completely different tune. Uh, sounds like I'm through to the next round, Ambrose. <laughs> it does. I've not even had a chance to say my part. It's like the judge has already decided. No, 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 no. There was there was one note wrong. So if you get all the notes right, then you're you're better. Well, no, because I'm clear. It sounds nothing like that. His is completely <laughs> different, dude. His is completely different. I'm singing a different song. Okay. Okay. So my version. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Uh. So my version is. That's my version. What the hell? What's going on in your head? It's totally different, isn't it? It's these big gaps. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, I was like, dude, this the beat is totally different. It's like a different song. I mean, it sounds fine, but like it's a different song. It's quite a good directed <laughs> alternative feature. <laughs> oh my god, it sounds like Amber is going to the doctor. <laughs> uh, 
yours does sound good though. I'm not gonna lie. It sounds maybe maybe you just hear like different instruments. Or something. I, I, different probably, beats. but oh, dude, so what we are gonna do though? So according to Alex, Alex, can you just confirm that you think my version is correct? <laughs> Andrew's version is correct. Alex's <laughs> version is. <laughs> you got like four X's, my friend. See you me. later. What can you say? What can you do? Uh, if you'd like to abuse us for our uh, draft prospects, you know, summations, you can email us a nice long piece of abuse at nfl20pod at gmail.com. Uh, remember, you can always like us on Facebook and uh, give us five stars on iTunes. Uh, you know, every every little helps. Oh, I mean, that that would definitely help. I mean, normally, like, I think guys like PFF or Fantasy Pros, they normally have, like, a little incentive to get the five-star review. Like, you know, you have your comment read out or you get a draft guide. Um, yeah. Just, we just don't have any of that. So, I mean, you know, we'll give you, we will shout you out on the podcast. That is the incentive. Yeah, just like we did to Jake only two years after he gave us five stars. Oh, my buddy Jake only listened to the podcast like last week. Immediate shout outs. Thank you very much, Order 66. And the two interpretations I heard of Order 66, well, one interpretation and one crazy tangential interpretation. Prog Rock uh, re-release, yeah. Which leads me to ask, Andrew, who's going to win the Super Bowl next year? Oh, big moves in free agency, growing talent on the roster. It's only a matter of time. I'm going to say Cleveland Browns. <laughs> <laughs> what?